Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you would like an opportunity to be on Crazy Love Chronicles and tell your story of betrayal, infidelity, ghosting, being ghosted, catfish, and many more things, crazy relationships, contact us at crazylovechronicles at gmail.com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms and we will contact you. Please stay tuned for our next session, Our Story, Your Story, Real and Uncut. This will be the second part of Xander's story of Betrayal, where he continues to explain how the rest of the story unfolds. I was in the truck with her, and we were talking, and she goes, I have feelings for someone else. And I said, what do you mean you have feelings for someone else? And I said, is it a guy? Like, what guy is it? Do I know him? And she, she continued to insist, it's not a guy, it's not a guy, it's not a guy. So I thought that was weird. That's crazy. So that was a conversation that we dropped because we just continued to grow apart little by little. And then we went to this uh, like birthday party for one of her nephews. And we got into it bad when we were her nephews. I actually felt bad because the attention went away from her nephew onto our fighting because nobody knew what was going on. They, nobody knew we were having problems. So this was all brand new to everybody. Because the thing with me and her is I've always told her, when me and you have fights or arguments, we need to keep it behind closed doors because I don't want to make a show in front of other people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So finally, we go to this party and things are just bad. The tension between us is just horrible. Like everybody can feel it. They're asking, are you guys okay? Like we can tell something's wrong. And I was just, you know, dodging everybody. I was like, no, we're good. No, we're good. Get away. No, we're great. Okay. You know, we'll talk about it later. Okay. I get a call from my mom because my mom, like I was telling her that something's off. And so I don't know what she thought was happening, but I went outside to take the call. So she raced after me outside and said, who is this that you're talking to? And I said, it's my mom. Are you serious right now? So she's over here accusing me of talking to other women. Something's off, right? Mm -hmm. We left. I left my daughter with my mother-in-law said, please take care of her because it's going to get ugly. I said, just take care of her, watch her, um, we're going to leave. So we left. The whole way home, we're just arguing back and forth. It's a screaming match, like back and forth, like you're not doing enough. We don't even see each other anymore. I don't know why you don't want to get separated, blah, blah, blah. And it was just a fight, fight, fight all the way home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I go to the house and I go into the room that she's sleeping in now. And I start questioning her. I grill her with questions. I start, what is it that's got you like this? You told me you have feelings for somebody else. Who is it? So I can find out who it is. Obviously, she knows I'm a hothead. She knows my temper horrible. So she's avoiding telling me who it is at all costs. I get you. I get you. Finally, she spills the beans. And she said, 
the reason why I haven't told you anything is because it's not a guy. It's a girl. Oh, wow. That's crazy. She said, I have feelings for a girl. So when she said that, what ran through your head? Because you automatically think that it's a guy, you know, but for her to say that, you know, that's a big bomb drop. Yeah, I feel like at the time I was a little confused because I was like, a girl was a girl. Like, how does that even work when you're with a man? Like, you know, I I didn't want to get into it, but whether it's a guy or a girl, I don't care. It's the fact that she allowed someone else to get inside her fucking heart and her mind and forget that she has a daughter and a husband. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what got to me. And I said, since you have feelings for somebody else, I said, and I'm starting to feel like that odd man out, I'm going to leave the house. She didn't want me to. She was crying. She said, you don't have to do that, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, I'm fucking leaving. So I grabbed my stuff. I put all my luggages in the trunk of my car. I left. Why do you think she was trying to keep you to stay? Because I feel like she was confused, honestly. I feel like she doesn't know what she wants. She didn't know what she wanted at the time. And she was like, between do I stay with my husband that's been providing for me and doing all these things for me all this time, or do I pursue this new feeling, whatever this is? Like, you know, she was indecisive because we weren't together for like, six months we were together for eight years that's a long time so i left and then at about seven o'clock i get a call and she's like where are you and i said why does it matter i said you have feelings for somebody else go find him i don't care and she goes please tell me where you're at so i can go over there i said okay i told her she went over there we started talking i said the only the only way i'll come back to the house i said is if you stop talking to whoever it is you're talking to get another job, and move back into the room. She agreed. But she only agreed to get me back into the house. She didn't quit her job, and she didn't stop talking to whoever she was talking to. Things actually got worse from there. So we got into another big fight after that, and I left the house again. But this time, I left the house overnight. I left the house, I got a hotel, and I left the house for two nights. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where... It hit me hard because I came back home early, like really early. I went back home. Everything was clean in the room. My stuff was basically out of the room. Like she was ready to kick me out of the room, my room, the room that her and I slept in. Damn. So I said, wow, it's like that. You know what I mean? So I go back to the house. Anyways, my mother-in-law's there. She's like, you know what? Just wait for her. Hopefully you guys can talk. Now that everything's more calm, you know, I'm going to work. I said, okay. This is where I flipped a little bit because when I got to the house, there was a red car there. That red car doesn't belong to anybody that I know. Mm-hmm. When she pulls up to the house, somebody is in the passenger side with her. And at first, it looks like a guy because, you know, it's a, it's a skinny guy. Like, looks like he's the wind about to blow him away. He's, he's, he looks like a nobody. <laughs> and then so I walk out uh, and I walk up to her and I said, who is this? Who is your friend and why is he in the car? She's like, that's not a guy. That's a girl. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I said, okay, so why is she in your car? And she goes, because we're trying to save gas. And I said, your job is 10 minutes away. What are you talking about trying to save gas? That's not, no. I said, what is this? So her friend wasn't having none of it. She saw me and she saw how I flared up. I was. She walked away. She didn't even look at me. She got her car and took off. 
So finally, I sat down with her. We had a conversation. We were supposed to uh, co-parent. She was going to stay sleeping in a different room. I was going to stay in the room that I was staying in. We weren't going to be sleeping together or none of that. We were just going to be like friends almost. And because I was stupid at the time and I was trying to recuperate whatever was left, I agreed to it. Big mistake. She decided that she was going to go out to a party. She had told me a week prior to this party. And I said, okay, well, I'll put the vacation in. I said, since you want to have friends, I said, let me at least meet them so I can see who it is you're hanging around with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think like two days prior to that party, she goes, oh, you know what? They canceled the party. I'm not going. And I said, well, why did they cancel the party? And she goes, because, uh, I don't know, somebody, some people backed out, so they're not going to have it anymore. I said, okay. But she was already sleeping in another room. So that same day, that uh, two days after that, I'm getting ready for work, and I see her getting ready, but not for work. She's getting ready, like, like really tight jeans, showing off her body, like, you know, tight shirt, hair all done. And I said, where are you going? I said, because as far as I know, your guys' party got canceled, right? That's why I took back my vacation day, and that's why I'm going to work. She goes, oh, no, the party didn't get canceled. The party got canceled at the bar, but now they're having it at somebody's house. So I said, oh, so you're going to the party then, huh? And she's like, yeah, I'm going. I said, okay. So she went to the party. Okay. She's not wearing her wedding rings anymore. She's not. She's she's a single woman. Okay. Okay. I guess some of the guys at the party took it that she was a single woman and they tried to kiss her. But when they tried to do that, she pushed them away, slapped one of them and said, I'm a married woman. Stop. Now, she didn't tell me about this until I blew her phone up because I was at work. I was blowing her phone up. I was trying to figure out what she was doing. She finally answered the phone. And I said, why is it that it's taking me almost 25 missed calls to act for you to actually pick one up? What's going on? And she goes, well, I left the party early because this and this happened. And I said, oh, so all of a sudden, when these guys try to make a move on you, now you're married. I said, but when you're at home, you're a single woman. So what's going on? That's crazy. So that fight was over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I wonder, went- right, prior to you finding out, you know, about this girl your wife was dealing with, did she ever express to you that she was attracted to women you know, or anything of that nature? Or was this all just random to you? The first time that we were having, like, issues, I took her out to eat because we were making up. Like, we went out for a movie, dinner, whatever. When we were having dinner, she said to me, I've had a thing for girls. I just never enforced it. And I said, don't tell me that. I said, because your cousin's friend is a lesbian. I said, so... And she was hanging around with them. So I said, so if that's what you're telling me, that means you just cheated on me. I said, and I'm about to flip this table in this restaurant and make a scene. And I don't care if me and you get arrested. I said, I'll, I will go find your friend. I said, and beat her up in front of you. And she oh. goes, stop. I said, she goes, stop. Don't do that. Because like I said, she knows I'm a hothead. She knows I, I won't go for that. I get you. And she goes, I'm just telling you. Or I'm telling you because you want me to tell you, like, you want me to trust you, so I'm trusting you with this information. And I said, why didn't this come up before? She goes, well, I made a comment to my family, and they thought it was a joke. I said, yeah, but this is not a joke, because now, all these years later, you're barely telling me this. Why wait till now, you know? Mm-hmm. I get you. And she just did. She just stayed quiet. She didn't say anything. So we kind of just blew over that conversation. 
but now here we are back to the point where I was telling you my story where now now it's an issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was running out of options. Okay. I was, nobody was giving me answers. Nobody was telling me anything. I was asking her friends. They were saying, I don't know. I was asking her cousins that she hanged out with. She's there like, I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't know what's happening. I got tired of the, I don't know. No, I don't know. So I decided to go and find somebody that does readings, which on God's eyes, that's wrong. And I'm aware of that. But like I said, at the time, I was desperate. I needed answers to find out why my life, my wife is flipping out of my fingers and why I'm losing everything I've worked for over some girl that just happened to pop up in my, in my wife's life. Okay? Okay. So I went to the reader. The reader told me, yes, there is a third person in your guys' relationship. I can see it here. Mm-hmm. She goes... And what's going to happen is this. He goes, you guys are going to separate. When she told me that, my heart sank because that's the last thing that I wanted. She goes, you guys are going to separate. Things are going to get very ugly for you. She goes, you should leave the house. It's going to get that bad. And I said, are you serious? And she's like, yes, I can see it. She goes, you need to start focusing on yourself. She goes, because you're letting yourself slip. She goes, do you work out? And I said, well, yeah. She goes, well, I can tell. She goes, you haven't worked out in a while, have you? And I said, well, no. I said, because at the time, she was right. I hadn't worked out in almost four months because I was dealing with all this and work. Mm -hmm. You used to be a lot heavier, right? And I said, well, yeah. And she goes, I can tell. She goes, because I, when I was at the prime of my working out, I was 205 pounds. I was starting to lose weight. I I dropped down to 180. And she was able to tell. She goes, you need to start... So she goes, you need to start paying attention to your body, to your mind, to your daughter. She goes, and if this is going to happen, you need to let it go. You need to let her go. But at the time, because I was so in love with her, I said, no, there's no way in hell I'm going to let go of my wife when I work this hard and this long to achieve what we've achieved and just to let it slip for some random person. Mm-hmm. So anyways, after that conversation, I went home. And I told my mother-in-law about it. I talked to my wife about it. I said, you know what? I said, this is, not, this is something, this is wrong to do. I said, but I went to see this person. They told me this. They told me that. I said, I was told, I told her that if I didn't leave this house, it was going to mean my death or my downfall. And this is according to the reader. I said, so if you want to stay with this person, and you want to pursue this and let everything go, I said, I will leave. And she didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to say. She just got quiet. She just said, I need time to think. I said, okay, go take your time to think. That same afternoon, I go try to use the restroom. She's laying in the bed. When I'm in the restroom, all of a sudden, I hear the closet shuffling and the door slam. So she left. So right away, I call her. I said, what's going on? She goes, I left the house. I said, why? She goes, because I can't stay in the house. I don't, I can't think while being there. So I'm going to go stay with a friend. And I said, fine. I said, stay with your friend. But just do me a favor and don't come back. I said, and she just hung up the phone. So I'm at the house. I'm over here thinking like, you know, what's going on? What the hell happened? Whatever. She calls me back. But this time when she calls me back, she is flared up. She is angry. She's screaming through the phone. She's like, where is my daughter? 
you and my mom are talking. You're keeping her from me. I said, I'm not keeping nobody from you. I said, you're the one that left. I'm here at the house wondering what the hell is going on. So you can't blame me for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then she starts, she was going berserk. Like she was just talking out of anger, saying all kinds of stuff. And so a little bit after that, my mother-in-law calls me. She's like, get uh, a car seat and come to town because she wants to take the baby from me. So I went. Then I told my mother, like, you know what? I said, just come back to the house. I'll talk to her. I'll get her back to the house, and we'll discuss what's going on here. She gets to the house, but by the way she parked her truck, I already knew something was wrong. She parked her truck in the middle of the street, sideways, slammed the door. I locked the door because she's trying to take my daughter. I said, where are you trying to take her? She's like, I'm trying to take her to my friends, and she's going to stay with me. And I said, no, I'm not going to allow you to do that because I don't know who your friend is. I don't know who lives in that house. I don't know what you're doing. So no, you're not taking my daughter. So in this fighting through the door, she breaks the window trying to get into the house. The neighbors are outside. So of course the cops are called. Mm-hmm. As soon as she breaks the window, I unlock the door. I open the door and I said, what are you doing? I said, the cops are going to come because you're making a fucking scene. And she goes, I don't care. I'm here for my daughter. She was, like I said, she was a completely different person. She was screaming at the top of her lungs. You know, she was, like, crazy. So because I'm trying to avoid her hurting herself or me, I grab her hands and I put them to the sides of her legs. Somehow her left hand slips out and she hit me in the face. Mind you, my daughter is watching all of this. My daughter's five years, four years old. Five years old, around there. Mm-hmm. So my crying. daughter's crying, screaming at the top of her lungs. My mother lost watching in shock because she can't believe what just happened. And my mother-in-law's sisters there, too. They're all just sitting there like they're stunned. They don't know what to do. And I said, I felt my anger coming up because this woman just put hands on me over her lover. Like, hell no. You know what I mean? So out of the corner of my eye, I saw my daughter crying. And I think that's the one reason why I didn't act on that hit. And I told my mom, I said, take the baby and go into another room. I said, because this is not going to end well. So get out. Sure enough, to take my daughter away. And once I grabbed her hand again, she can't get out of it. She's trying to like shuffle and, you know, shift and try to move and Mm -hmm. cussing at me and this and that. So what's her last resort? She spat in my face. Damn. I can tell you this, that when she spat in my face, I forgot about my daughter, about getting the costume. I forgot about all of that. All I wanted to do was just wreck her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know how I was able to control myself and not do that. But all I wanted to do was just hit her back. But I didn't. I did not put hands on her. So that's all that was running through your head at that point. Uh, you know, like once she, once she, once there. she's, yeah, once she spat on me, that, that went out the window. The, the trying to keep her, like, protect her, all this, no, that was it. But something, I don't know how, like I said, I got control of myself and I just pinned her down until the cops got there. Because I already knew the cops got called. And then prior to the cops getting called, when she was trying to take my daughter, I had called, I had requested a unit to be at the house before she got there just so they could keep the peace. Had she not broken anything, had she not acted a fool, nothing would have happened. You know what I mean? The cop would have just been like, okay, you know, let this not happen again. They would have probably left. They would have made a report, obviously, but it would have been out the window. 
because here I am in a very vulnerable position because I'm going to die. I can't hit her. That's my wife. This is the person that I love. I, I'm not going to put hands on her, but I also, at the same time, I cannot allow her to take my daughter to the unknown because I don't know where she's going. I don't know who lives in the house. This is a five-year-old that's defenseless. If somebody tries to touch her, somebody tries to do something to her, and it's going to ruin my life because I'm going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Has she so, ever acted like this prior? Has she ever no. flared up? Mm-hmm. Like, I know you guys have arguments, but to the point of hitting you or spitting that, on you. That's that's when I knew it was bad. Because no matter how bad our arguments got prior to this, I mean, this is eight years. So I've seen it all, done it all with her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Never have I ever seen her act like this before that. Never. So finally, the cops get there. They ask what happened. I tell them, you know, the window is broken. She hit me in the face, but I'm fine. I don't care. I don't want to. I don't want her to get hurt. Me being stupid enough to like say I don't want her to get hurt, even after all this, I said I don't want her to get hurt. I know you guys want me to press charges. I'm not going to do that. If the state wants to do that, that's on them. I don't want nothing to do with this. I just want you guys to let her go. They said we can't do that because there's damage to the property. She put hands on somebody else, and. We got reports of her driving all crazy to the street. And that's not wrong because my brother-in-law actually saw her driving crazy back to the house. So they took her. They booked her. They took her overnight. The next day, she's calling. I'm so sorry. I'm never going back to that job. I can't believe this happened. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. She's like, I want you to come get me. But I wanted, I wanted to just be you and the baby. I don't want my mom here. I don't want my brother here. And I said, why not? She goes, because they all turned their back on me. And I said, what did you expect was going to happen? I said, nobody is going to accept what you're doing. I said, nobody is going to accept the fact that you have a good man who's taking care of you and your daughter. And you're going to throw it all away over somebody nobody knows, over somebody that is a girl, and over... Like, just a fling. Like, you know? Like, mm-hmm. nobody's going to accept this. This is wrong. I said, throw so eight I'm years sorry. out the window. Yeah, I said, we have worked so hard for everything that we have, and you're ready to throw it away over a woman. I said, and not only that, I said, but obviously your family knows the kind of guy I am. They know that if I could take my heart out and break it into pieces for you, I would. I said, so no, they're not going to accept this. And I'm sorry, but you're wrong. I said, I'm sorry. And when I said that, she got upset, hanged up on me. So then she calls again, like 10 minutes later. She's like, can you please just come get me when I get out? I said, okay. So I went and got her. Mind you, this was my birthday. Okay? Mm-hmm. When I went and got her. When I'm sitting outside waiting for her to get out, I get a call from one of her family members. And they said this to me. The only reason she called you to go pick her up is because she got in a fight with the girl. She was calling the girl to go get her, not you. So when that was said to you, did your heart then drop again? Because well, yeah, I, I because can't even like, fathom. I, I, I'm already heartbroken about everything. And then to know that she's calling her lover before she calls me, it's like a slap in the face, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I decided to let it slip. I said, you know what? I'm going to let it go. She's almost out. It is my birthday. I said, so I'm not trying to fight with her. I said, I just want her to get in the car so I know that she's safe and I can leave. Because we actually had 
orders for her to not be near me. And I risked my own freedom to go get her. So when she gets out, I'm thinking it's going to be peaches and cream. We're going to talk about it, fix everything. This is going to go away. No way. She gets in the car. The first thing she starts doing is screaming, cussing, because her whole family turned on her. and They're wrong for that, and they're all dead to me. And I had told myself before she got in the car, if she comes out with a bad attitude, I'm going to just shut up and let it go. I'm not going to fight with her. I'm going to just let it be. But because of all the stuff that was coming out of her mouth, I snapped. And I said, you know what? I said, this is all your fucking fault, and somehow you're making it to be my fault. There's no way in hell I'm going to allow you to do that. I said, you have no idea all the stress you just put our daughter through, and you're still mad? I said, you are crazy. You're out of your mind. I'm sorry, but no. I said, you're you're wrong. Except take the fault. I said, you're wrong. And she wouldn't. So our conversation obviously did not go the way I wanted it to go. So when I stopped to get gas at a gas station, she took off walking. She called the cops, and she's like, you get near me. I'm going to say that you're hitting. <laughs> I said, okay, fine. I'll leave you here. So I left. She disappeared on my birthday for about four to six hours. Nobody knew where she was. She wasn't picking up the phone. She wasn't talking to nobody. Finally, at 11 or 12 o'clock that night, I said, please come home. So at least you can say happy birthday. That's the only reason she came home. So she came home. We went out to eat. It, it was just bad. So, after that, I signed a lease for an apartment to get out of that house because I knew I had to leave. I cannot stay there with her being there. I cannot stay there and try to fix it when she wouldn't allow me to fix it. So, I decided to sign a lease, but before I signed the lease, I said, you know what? I said, let's get away from here. I said, for three days, let me get her, let me get her room for us up in, uh, like, where I'm living at right now is called Arizona City, okay? Mm-hmm. Where we were living at prior to that is called Eloy. And they're small towns, so there's not a whole lot going on there. But once you get into the main city, which is Phoenix and all, and all that, it's more flashy. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it's more, there's, more, there's more buildings. There's more like commercial stuff. So I said, let's get away. Let's go over there. I said, let's stay at a nice hotel for a few days. Let's talk this out. Let's hash this out. You can take the baby. I don't care. So we went. She took the baby with us. When we were there, it was very awkward because we couldn't talk without fighting. Anything that came out of her mouth was a fight. Anything that came out of mine was a fight. I noticed that she was constantly on her phone, just texting and getting calls and this and that. So I was letting it go. I was trying to keep the peace. And finally, I snapped and I said, can you please get that? F off your phone because it's not going to work if you're not talking to me. Finally, she got off the phone. We kind of sort of talked. Things were just bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, she wakes up and she's feeling sick. And I said, What's wrong with you? She's always had these ish- this issue with uh, gallstones in her bladder. So I guess those gallstones were bursting or something. She had to go to the hospital. We didn't know that until she actually went there. So my point being is, if we had been in our hometown and this happened to her, she probably wouldn't have made it to the emergency room. So at this point, when you go on this trip to backtrack, 
did you feel like this getaway is what was needed, that it was going to fix things, and then you guys I were going like, to come back and everything was going to be peaches and cream? I felt like it was a start. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I could just pull her away from any kind of other people's input, because everybody seemed to have something to say about this relationship when things went sideways. Everybody had something to say. Everybody wanted to put their two pennies in. And I figured, you know what, let me just get her and I away so we can come to an agreement far away from everybody, including her lover. Let's talk this out and then come back and work on it. That didn't happen. She went to the hospital. She had to have emergency surgery. So she got her surgery. Mm-hmm. We went back. We came back home. When we came back home, she was still staying away. She was sleeping in her room. And because, again, I still love this woman. So I kept going to check on her. Like, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you need to go to the restroom? Because anytime she needed to get up, she needed help to get up off the bed because she just had surgery. So then she starts telling her mother and her brother that I'm being annoying, that I'm checking her too much. I said, okay, I won't check on her. So I think three days went by without me bothering her, touching her, anything. Then she started coming to me. When I was asleep, she would go in the room, try to give me kisses on my forehead or whatever it was. When I was about to leave for work, she would start packing me lunch, and I would ask her, like, what are you doing? You know, like, I thought you were staying away. What is this? And she would just stay quiet, give me a smile, and, you know, I'm on my way to work. But it was already too late because I had already signed the lease for the apartment. I was going to leave the house no matter what. So towards the last few days that I used to, uh, that I was at our own home, she actually moved back into the room herself. Mm-hmm. She went back to sleep on the same bed that her and I had slept in, and she was staying with me. She was conversating with me. She was like, how was work? Are you feeling? Are you tired? Do you want something to eat? Why she was doing that, I don't know. I don't know if it was because of the fear that I was leaving already. I don't know what it was. But the day came, and I left. She didn't stop me. She didn't say, stop, let's fix No, nothing. I left. And she stayed away. When you get arrested here, you're not allowed to leave the state until the charges get resolved, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was another big fight of ours because she came to visit me where I was living at. And she, I could tell she was drinking. At night, I don't know if you know that uh, the application Snapchat. I had her on there. And whenever somebody posts something on their story, you can see it. So she posted a story about her going to California. And I didn't understand why. So sure enough, I called my mother and I said, She's going to California, so give her a call, find out what's going on. So she's basically taking my daughter and putting herself in danger because she had been drinking. She's going to a whole other state and then coming back. You're not allowed to do that, right? Mm-hmm. She calls me. She's like, baby, stop worrying. I'm only going to Phoenix. I'm going to be back in the morning. Nothing's happening, whatever. I said, okay. She comes back, but she comes back all tired. She doesn't want to talk. Her cousin and her friend are in the car, so, you know, I just, okay, whatever. Let me just see the baby, and you can be on your way. The day that my daughter came to visit me, because this was our our verbal agreement at first, that I was going to have the baby so many days of the week, my daughter spills all the beans. She goes, yes, we went to California. Yes, 
We went to the beach. Yes, Mama's friend was there. Yes, Mama's friend was hugging her a lot. Mama's friend came to us because we actually ran out of gas halfway there. And she came to help us out. And, you know, so she lied again. So after your daughter tells you this, you know, you, you clearly are, are bothered. But what's the first thought? You know what I mean? I mean, at this point, I just feel like I don't know her anymore. Because this is not the person that I put a ring on her finger. It's not. I feel like whatever happened to her at the prison, either something happened to her that she hasn't told me, or at first I felt like maybe she's trying to pull away from me because she's sick and something's going to happen to her and she doesn't want me to hurt more, knowing that she's going to get sick or something. You know, you, all these things go through your head because I'm trying to figure out what is so bad about me that you're trying this hard to get away from me when all I've done is try to please everyone your needs or wants. It doesn't make any sense at this point. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm still, at this point, I'm still trying to pull her back. I don't know why, because I know she's already gone, but I'm still trying. So you just keep fighting but regardless. I just I just on. keep fighting regardless because, like I said, I made a commitment to this woman. And to me, marriage is you're locked down. That's the way I see it. Like, no matter how hard things get, like, you're supposed to work through it when you're in a marriage. You don't just give up on it. But here's where the bomb hit me, and then I knew it was over and hurt. Apparently, after I moved out of the house, the girl that she was seeing quit her job and left to California because she didn't want none of it. The reason why my ex-wife went to California is to bring the girl back. Three weeks after I moved out of the house, she moved her in. Wow. Something that you decided that you were paying for, you was helping out, you were making sure everything was taken care of. She just decides to bring this whole other person into y'all space. Yeah, so they're sleeping right now in the same room that her and I used to sleep in. In the same room that her and I used to be intimate in. Living in the same house that her and I used to live in. Eating on the same table that her and I used to live in. And I'm supposed to just be okay with that. No. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I left everything that I knew for this woman behind. I left my mom, my dad, my sister. My sister actually had a son, and I haven't even met him because of her. Wow. I know how it feels to just get up and leave everything and everyone behind. You know, and especially I for lost, love. And, and in, this, in this process, I've lost everything. I don't get to see my daughter wake up every morning the way I used to. I don't have the money that I used to. Now I'm in debt because I've separated all the accounts that her and I had together. Uh, her truck, she couldn't make the payment, so it got repoed. But because I'm the main on that account, now I owe like almost twelve grand back for that vehicle. Wow. So I lost my peace. I almost lost my freedom because I actually got arrested too. Because... Her and I had a verbal agreement to where any time that my daughter was to be exchanged, she was going to do it, my mother-in-law was going to do it, or one of her family members, I don't care who, was going to do it except for the girl. I don't want to see this girl. I don't care for her. I wouldn't lose lose no sleep over her if she were to pass away. And I know that sounds very harsh, but anybody who's in my position would probably feel the same way. One morning, when I get off of work, I go to the house. And who comes out to give me my daughter? The girl does. 
the girl comes out and hands off my daughter. She won't look at me in the face. She won't nothing. She just, here you go, goes back into the house. Now, I should have left because I already had my daughter in my car. I should have left. And this is where I recognize that I messed up, but I let my emotions get the better of me. It happens. I went back, I went back to the house, and I banged on that window really hard. I'm surprised it didn't break. My ex-wife comes out, and she's like, what? Like, screaming, like, what? Like, what do you want? Like, why are you acting up? And I said, let this be the last time that you have this POS hand off my daughter because the next time I'm going to tear her to pieces in front of you. Because like I said, my emotions were flared up. The minute that I say that, she starts saying, if you, if this, fuck that, she comes out behind me screaming, trying to take my daughter out of my car. And I said, Get away from my car. Get away from me. Don't shut me. I said, because we don't want to do this again in front of the baby. And when I wasn't letting her take my daughter out of the car, she called for her partner to call the cops. And I said, do it. I said, call the cops. I said, so you can ruin my life just a little bit more because apparently what you've already done is not enough. So I get in my car and I drive away. Mind you, every time her and I had gotten into arguments, she always said that I'm going to call the cops and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. She never did anything. So I thought it was just another bluff. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, I'm about two to three blocks away from my house and the PD is on my ass because they pulled me over. And he goes, you know why I'm here? And I said, actually, no, officer. I said, why are you here? I said, you're out of your jurisdiction. I said, because this is a whole different city. So what do you want? And he goes, well, I'm here following you from your own hometown. He goes, because I was told that you threatened them. You went back to the house and you threatened them with a knife. And I said, I never threatened anybody. I said, and that's where you're wrong and that's what they're wrong. I said, and he goes, well, do you have knives? And I said, I have my work knife. I said, yes, I always carry two knives. I said, because one of them always goes low and I need them for work. And she goes, well, and he goes, well, take them out and get out of the car. So I get out of the car, and my daughter is in her car seat in the back. Okay, so my I can see the worry on my daughter's face. The cop was being just an asshole, and he didn't care who was there, who wasn't. The minute I step out of the car, he slaps, claps on me. My daughter hears the click on the cops, and she starts crying. She starts screaming at the top of her lungs like something. Like, that. I can still hear that. And I still remember it. And every time I remember it, it, it hurts me because I didn't want my daughter to see this. It should have never been. So know. at the time, her truck hadn't been repoed yet. So sure enough, to add insult to injury, she has the girl drive in the truck, pull up, take my daughter away, and they leave. So she made sure that I saw the girl driving the truck that I got for her. And she made sure that she saw me taking my daughter away. Yeah, I'm sorry that 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 happened. Uh, I really am, especially because you did everything you can to make sure that she was happy, regardless of your own happiness, you know, and regardless of everything, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Yeah, times are hard right now, but you're definitely going to be blessed. You know what I mean? Because all you did was show love. All you did was show love. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, I'm not I'm not going to sit here either and act like I'm a saint because I know I'm not like that. We had arguments because I don't consider myself all that good looking, but apparently other people do. 
So there will be times where other girls would try to get my attention. I would shoot them away. But to her, that was still a problem. Uh, yes, I do work a lot around a lot of women at my job. And yes, I will admit that I did flirt with someone. But here is where I draw the line. When you flirt with somebody and sleep with them, that's different. When you're flirting with somebody, that only goes so far. But then once the whole, oh, after work, maybe we can grab a drink, I would always say no. Always. I never laid with another person behind my wife's back. Ever. And I'll put that on my daughter because it's the truth. I never laid with anybody other than my wife. And that was my mistake. Because somehow I feel like had I been the one that messed up, I would not be in this position that I'm in right now. Yo, don't even, don't look at it as you not stepping out as a mistake. You know what I mean? Like you have a daughter. You know what I'm saying? They need to see, your daughter needs to see uh, a great guy. I mean, and you're that first line of defense, like we were saying earlier, you know. And the thing is, like, God is going to bless you solely because of that. You know what I mean? Like times are difficult now, but down the line, you're going to be like, wow, you know what? I'm glad I didn't do that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because that karma that comes back, it, that that's something that you don't want to have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you were in the right. You're a great guy. And, you know, everyone's going to know that. She knows it. The girl that she's dealing with knows it. Her family knows it. You know what I mean? And you just being a good guy, you, you should take time to just sleep at night about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think now, though, so much time has passed that I can tell that she's not happy. Her and I actually had a conversation over the phone not very long ago where she told me that she is a messed up person on the inside, that there's something wrong with her, that she's not happy, even though, even with this girl that she's with right now, there's good days, but there's more bad days than good days. Now, we recently, very recently signed for paperwork, I think, for the divorce I think uh, maybe last week we signed for divorce papers. Wow. And I could tell in her face that she was like, she didn't know what to do, but we were already there. The papers are already signed. We're here. So why not? Now, I don't hurt for her anymore because time heals all wounds. And at first I thought that was just cliche to hear, but I believe it now because it's the truth. My only pain now is my daughter. Because my daughter is getting older. She's seen a lot. She's hearing a lot. She's still hearing a lot. So what gets to me is when my daughter comes to visit me and she spends the days with me and she says, Daddy, I don't want to go back home. And I say, baby, why? She goes, because mommy doesn't pay attention to me. She's always on her phone. Because I don't have fun when I'm at home. Because nobody plays with me when I'm at home. So how is that going to make me feel knowing that I'm doing everything I can when my daughter's here to keep her happy and nobody seems to care when she's at home, even though they want her so bad that they're trying to get sole custody of her, right? So I don't understand. That's my only pain now. It's her because I love my daughter more than life itself. And when I say that I will go and get myself in trouble again for her, I will 10,000 times over. So when I hear this, it only makes me want to blow up on them because it's like you're trying to take her from me, yet you're not taking care of her. So what are you doing? Don't even feed into it. Don't even feed into it. Stay calm. You'll have your daughter sooner than later, bro. Like, 
to know that that's what's going on. You know what I mean? Like I said, God is going to bless you on all those things. You're going to look up. You're going to have custody of your daughter. Your daughter's going to be with you smiling every day. You're going to be able to, again, wake up to your daughter every morning. You know, like, that's the thing. You know, she's hurting. You know, you're hurting for your daughter. And soon you'll be able to have your daughter every morning whenever you want. And and those are the things that are going to happen. That's the path you're going to be able to walk down. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just be patient. Don't lose your cool. Don't lose your cool because then that's something that will be used against you. As soon as you lose your cool, now that opportunity, that chance to then have your daughter back, they're going to switch that and it's going to be taken from you. You've already had enough taken. You know, even though it's warranted, I understand. Don't do something like that to just let your emotions go off and the most precious person to you slip away. Because of your anger, your frustrations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, how did you start to pick up the pieces emotionally, mentally, you know, and even spiritually? I don't know. Honestly, I think uh, I'm doing it, but I don't even know how. I think part of the reason why I decided to start getting myself together just a little bit was for my daughter. Obviously, because I don't want her seeing me broken down every time she sees me. I know my mom helped out a lot because I was calling her every day, every time I felt some type of way, you know. And I won't lie, I drank a lot. I went out to party quite a bit. I got involved with a lot of different women during the time that, you know, when I first got separated. Like, I was trying to do anything I possibly could do to feel better. Like, any hour that I didn't feel stressed, that I didn't feel sad, that I didn't feel like crying or, you know, anything like that, I was happy. So if alcohol did that for me, if women did that for me, or anything else did that for me, I was there. Mm -hmm. But then I started noticing that I was getting too involved with people that I shouldn't get involved with. I was starting to follow a path that was going to get me into a lot more trouble than I'm already in. And I don't want to lose my freedom because then I really won't have my daughter. So... I met a woman that she went through something similar with her husband. They're not together anymore. They split up. Her and I have talked about this. She was a good friend during all this. And now she's actually my girlfriend. So she's been there through quite a bit of this. She still sees that, you know, whenever my ex-wife and I argue about certain things because the court hasn't settled anything yet. Mm-hmm. So, so you think that's helping? Yeah, she, she's she's a big help. Like, she has been there four times where I drink a little too much and when I start fighting with people and, you know, she takes the keys away from me and she brings me home. Like, she's, she's been there quite a bit. And I think, like I said, part of the reason why I started, you know, trying to stop that so much was my daughter. I don't want my daughter suffered enough already. I don't want her to see me broken. So I'm trying to get back right in the right state of mind for her. And because my mother, her age is starting to catch up to her. For any mom whose son or daughter's gone through something like this and to not be able to even give you a hug or comfort you, that you have to be 3,000 miles away on a phone line to comfort you, that has to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it too was God. Man, I just, I, I prayed a lot. I prayed a lot when I barely moved into my home 
that I am at now because I had nothing here. All I would hear was the chirping noise from the smoking detector because they needed new batteries. Those days were had to be the darkest days. I feel like the first three days that I moved into this home had to be the worst ones because I had nobody. I had nothing here. No friends, no nothing because with her, it was all about her. Like I hardly had any friends here because anytime anybody asked, oh, let's go for a drink, let's go out, nothing, no. So obviously people are going to get tired of that, you know? People are going to get tired of you shooting them down because you're not that kind of person. That's So, true. you know, I didn't have any friends or anything. So the first three days were hard. And what got me through those first three days had to be the prayers. If, you know, anyone were to ask you, if you were to give any advice to anyone, you know, looking to get into a relationship, looking to get married, you know, dealing with everything that you've dealt with, what would that be? Honestly, my advice to anyone who's getting into a relationship is just be honest with each other from the start. Have everything out in the open from the minute you meet, or not so much from the minute you meet, but as you guys go on, tell each other everything. Don't lie. Don't hide things. No matter, no matter how much you're scared of losing that person, it's better for it to come out now than to snowball and hit you guys both a year, two years from now. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like, oh, you know what, let me not tell my partner this because they're going to get mad. Don't do that. Just be open about everything. Don't hide anything. And if you're looking to get married, just know that's a big commitment. Not so much because it's hard to get married. It's easy to get married. You can just go sign a few pieces of paper. Hey, you're married. It's getting divorced. That's very hard. So if you're not ready to get married, tell your partner that. Wait a little bit. Think about it. Go over it again and again and again in your head until you're absolutely positively sure that it's what you want. If you feel like it's not out of your system to stop talking to other people to stop partying, to give up the game for that person, and don't get married. Because if you get married with that still in your system, that's going to hit you. It's going to come back a few years from now. And that's when the problems are going to start. Because then that's when you start hiding things. Mm-hmm. That's, when, that's when you start saying, hey, I'm going to go out with friends. Or, you know, and your, your spouse at the time is going to be like, but why? You never needed this before. Why now? Right? I definitely so, get you. So I feel like that would be my advice. Make sure that when you're in a relationship, be completely honest, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much it bothers you. And if you're going to get married, think about it. If it's really what you want and you guys start having problems, work on the problems. Don't just brush them under the rug. Don't just skip skip conversations just because they're difficult to have. Mm-hmm. Well, what advice would you give to those people who are going through it? getting ran through the mud, who's dealing with the hurt and pain right at this moment. I personally would tell them that even though it feels like the world's falling on top of you and that like all this weight is on you, tomorrow is another day. You're going to have very dark days. But if you find the willpower to get through those days, which I pray to God that they all do, just remember that tomorrow is another day. Because you're going to have bad days. You're going to have days where you want to, you know, do something very dumb, like take your own life. Because that thought did cross my mind when this really happened. And 
you have to find it in yourself to know that it is not the end of the world. This person that broke your heart is not the last person that you're going to meet. It's not. This is basically a challenge that once you get through this challenge, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be equipped to deal with situations like this better in the future. God forbid it happens. Mm. It's not the end of the world. That's all I can say. Because when I when this barely happened to me, I thought I was going to die. And that's the truth. I thought it was over. Like, I thought, like, where do I go from here? Like, I have no compass, like, no arrows pointing, like, what path to take. You know, you're going to resort to alcohol. You're going to resort to drugs, but try to avoid that because that does not help. That only fixes what you're feeling within the hour or two that you're doing. But it's going to come back the next day. You just have to give yourself time. It takes time. Just try to find someone to confide in if you can't then pray pray to god to get you through it because he will get you through it he got me through it um i really i really appreciate hearing your story and i think a lot of people out there whoever hears it is really going to appreciate it i think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to it you know what i mean and your story itself is going to help you know what i mean and I wish that everything works out for you. Everything. I hope everything gets better day by day for you. Yeah. Like, to go through those things, you know, it, it sucks. But like you said, it's another day. And yeah. I thank you for telling your story. You know, and the viewers yeah. are going to thank you. Yeah, no, of course. And, you know, like I said, I hope my the story helps others. Especially if they're in a, in a situation where they don't know where to go from here. Just, just you know, tomorrow is another day. Every day that you're alive and breathing is a good day. That's the way that I have to see it now. Especially for my daughter. Because she looks up to me when she's here. She is ecstatic to see when that I go to that house to pick her up. And that her and I are going to have a great time. She knows that we're going to have fun when I pick her up. And that for that split second that she sees me and I see her, I can see the happiness start rising through her face. Mm. That she's going to be with her dad. And that, to me, is what makes it all worth it. I got you. I got you, you know. I thank you very much, Xander, for sharing your story with us. Yes, sir. We wish you and our listeners happiness, peace, love, and prosperity. And stay tuned for the next session on Crazy Love Chronicles. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Crazy Love Chronicles. You can check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can stay tuned to us on Spreaker, Spotify. You can watch us on YouTube, but please be sure to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified for future videos by Crazy Love Chronicles. Our story, your story, real and uncut.